That's right, y'all. It's December. That means your Christmas tree has been up for at least a month, I'm sure. You're so proud of yourself. And it is the Christmas season. Welcome to Simple Theology. I don't really need to do the Welcome to Simple Theology thing anymore because I just did it earlier. Not necessarily anymore, but this time. No, you're too busy worried about your Christmas jingle bells. I was pretty excited about that. How much time you spend uh, getting that ready? Um, probably more time than I care to admit. <laughs> do you have any other surprises up your sleeve? Um, not at this point. But hey, welcome to we'll Simple see. Theology. Uh, my name is Rick Gromlich. This is Rob Kane. I'm Rob Kane. We're glad you're here with us today. And we are. You know what? It is December. Christmas season, full swing. Rob, you get your tree up? Yes. And where'd you guys cut your tree down from? Where, where'd you go and get it from? Um, Ikea. Oh, I didn't know they grew them there. Yeah, they do. They do. Oh, um, wow. they, they grow them in boxes. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah it's pretty amazing. That's cool. I'm sure that was a great like family memory. You're going to do it for oh, years. Yeah, tradition. Absolutely. Take the family, take the kids, go to Ikea, cut down a box. Yep, it was amazing. It was car. really, really great. It was magical. How much water do those take? Uh, you know, you're going to be surprised when I tell you, but they actually do not require any water. Wow. Zero. Not a drop. It's kind of like a Christian who doesn't need the word. Yeah, that's pretty much... Dead. Yeah. Yep, that Dead. would be a very good illustration there. So you, don't, you don't have a tree. I have a fake tree. No, it's not even a tree. So if it were a Christian, quote unquote, it'd be a fake Christian. Mm. But that's not what we're talking about. I like how you like use that symbol, fakeness, in your life. Mm-hmm. Fake trees, fake people, fake Christians. Yep. I'm worried. I'm worried, Rob. I'm worried for you. Especially. Rightfully so, baby. <laughs> Holiday season. <laughs> anyway. You know you know what really would uh would probably calm some of those worries, Rick? I I don't actually. If you would get me some pretty nice gifts. Yeah. What do you get me for Christmas? Nothing. Okay. Uh, this is a little podcast. You have, you have like a what jing- you get me? You have what, a jingle for that or some kind of like one liner? No, I'll find something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I'm getting for you, Rob. Uh I haven't thought much about it. Um, what do you want for Christmas? That's the better question. I don't know, Rick. I've got plenty of things that I want for Christmas. What? Well, list a few. Well, it could certainly use some new mic stands. Oh yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. yeah. Um, there's some books that I would appreciate getting. Some commentary series. Just like another another book on Harry Potter or something. I wouldn't be opposed. Yeah, I thought so. I think we got them all though, baby. <laughs> that so, was your priority so as far as me? purchasing books. I just said I don't know. Well, Rick. Probably a hard time. <laughs> um, Rob, I really don't know what I'm getting you for Christmas. It will prob- if I get you anything, it'll be a book. <laughs> Good man. I have a book of mine. just popped in my head, actually. Oh. Have you read a Kevin D. Young book recently? What's the list all the Kevin D. Young I books? I don't you- know if I've ever read a Kevin D. Young book. I thought you did read the one, Just Do Something. No, no, no. I read like a, a brief summary of it. It's called Just Do Something. All right, well, I have a good idea of a Kevin D. Young book I will get you for Christmas. Thank you. What are you getting me? I just noticed my mic is like slowly That's right. dropping. I noticed your daughter screaming in the background too. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I'm getting you, Rick. What I'm you? leaning towards getting you a mic stand. You just thought of that just now. Uh nope, it was probably twenty minutes ago. When I said we need a new yep. mic stand. Okay, great. <laughs> no, I was actually gonna get you a uh, a desk mic stand like the one I have. Oh yeah. So we each had one. 
but then you came up here saying that we need to get more of these guys. So. Well, I just think these can go for both situations. Yeah, I think you're right. So that's so all. they do have desk mic stands okay. that no have care. no one cares about a mic stand that have these long arms. Yeah, but the horizontal arms anchor them to the table desk. No, 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 you don't. Mm-hmm. It's okay. like the base of it is like this. Cool, and then it goes up. Yeah, it comes across. This makes really good radio. Me using my that's, hands. It's causing me a lot of anxiety. Mm. Is it making you depressed? Borderline. Borderline. Well, let's yeah. talk about it. All right. So we are talking about today depression and anxiety, and the reason we're talking about it is because we had a listener write in and ask us to talk about it. So uh, that was. Don't say their uh, name. Okay. Okay. That's a confidential thing if they're struggling with this. All right. I won't say their name. Mike Rogers. <laughs> it wasn't Mike Rogers. <laughs> do, you, do you know a Mike Rogers? No, I don't I either. Don't. I don't think yeah. so. Hey, Mike, thanks for listening. Okay. Uh, but so, yeah, so the question, I won't say the name of the person who mm-hmm. said it, but when asked what we should talk about, they said depression, maybe anxiety too. This is a condition that takes so many lives. I wish more Christians could be more open about the topic. Yeah. So I know I just made like a kind of a light reference about your problem with Mike Stans giving me anxiety or depression, but it is a, a real issue and we see it in our culture today. We see it everywhere around us. Um, and so we're going to kind of dive into it and talk about it. Rob and I would gladly admit we do not, we are like the opposite of experts on this. Um, we, one, we've haven't really studied it a whole lot Two, We don't have a a lot of experience with this ourselves. We've, uh, um, interacted with this in different ways with some family and different things, but for the most part, it's, um, kind of a little bit distant. However, we do believe scripture speaks to it and we want to talk about that. And to differentiate a little bit, anxiety is typically um, concern or stress over certain circumstances. Sometimes those things can be um, disproportionate. Something that's little can cause great anxiety, and that's uh, based off of other deeper problems kind of festering up and creating a lot of anxiety for people. Whereas depression um, is feelings of severe despondency and dejection, rejection, um, it's, it's kind of a darker place, so so to speak. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. My nose is bothering me. No, and I think it's one of these topics that like the church doesn't really like to talk about that much because it's yeah. almost like if you struggle with depression or you struggle with anxiety, then you are a like you're not trusting the Lord. Right. You're, and you're not... so therefore you are not uh, someone who is strong in their faith. Whereas yes. guys like Spurgeon. Right struggled with depression his entire life and he's considered Mm -hmm. to be the prince of preachers and his i mean his ministry has had ripple effects that we'll never be able to really quantify yeah but good faithful godly men and women have suffered with depression and suffered with anxiety so we should talk about it yeah it's very interesting that people it has a stigma to it like if you just had more faith or god will heal you you know these things that um i mean there is truth in the fact that God does want to make you whole, and God has that ability. But you don't say, you're sick, or you have a depression, or you're anxious because you simply have a lack of faith in God. And I think the other hard part about it, even as society currently, we talk a lot about anxiety and depression. We talk a lot about mental illness, but that's exactly what happens. It gets thrown in this pile of mental illness with everything else. It's like once you get that label, it, that, there's a stigma there. Um, but we act like it's not there, and we, we talk about it all the time, but it's still really an issue because it really does reveal our brokenness 
it reveals our need for a savior. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we're going to go over a handful of verses here. Now, when it comes to anxiety or depression being in the scripture, you could do a quick Google search, depression in the Bible or anxiety in the Bible, and you'll see dozens of passages. So we're certainly not covering all of them here, but we do feel like there's there's a handful that we should touch on, and one of which is going to be a, a fairly long passage from Matthew 6. But the first one that we see here is 1 Peter 5, 7, that says, casting all your cares on him, on God, because he cares about you. And I really like the way the ESV says it. It says, casting all your anxieties on him mm-hmm. because he cares for you. We are we are called to take our anxiety because it's normal for us to feel anxiety. It's mm-hmm. normal for the average human being to feel anxious, but it's not okay to just harbor it. Right. Instead, God yeah. tells us to cast it on him. Right. But Why? Because he cares for us. This God of the universe who created us and knows what we're going to be wrestling with, knows the things that are going to be bringing us that anxiety, says, child, I love you. And because I love you, I'm asking you not to carry that. I'm asking you to give it to me. Mm-hmm. So what a, what a wonderful father we have there. What else is there, Rick? Yeah, well, and just on that, the fact that he has designed us and made us. And he knows us full well. He knows the broken world. He knows our issues. So why would we not take these things and, and bring them to him? I think part of it is, uh, we might get to this in a minute, is sometimes it's, it's hard to know how to do that. What's it mean? You know, cast your cares on him for he cares for you. What's you know, it, I think part of the reason mean? that we, we don't do it... Um, Are you saying I'm wrong? ...is because we don't know how to do that. Man, that's brilliant. <laughs> brilliant! <laughs> so going with that, we'll talk about that, how do we do that, but Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, know him, and he will make your paths straight. This reality of, of trusting the Lord and not relying on our own understanding, knowing that our heart is deceptive, knowing our emotions lie to us. These are things that we can't trust, but what we do trust is the Lord and his words. We rely upon that. We cling to that. We let that speak into us. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I feel like part of the reason that we feel anxiety sometimes, and you may have just hit on this, but it's because we we think that we know how a scenario is going to unfold. Like there are things in my life in the upcoming future that I have some anxiety about. You want, you want to share those? I'm not going to share them right now. <laughs> we'll see how things play out. But if Is it about your Christmas gift? No, it might be. It better be a good one, Rick. I'm just saying. Actually, the Christmas Don't add gift any anxiety about to is, whatever... is going to address some of your problems. Right. You got problems. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of what book that might be. Um, the Bible. Yeah, I was going to say, you just could give me a Bible. Um, but but it, I, I get anxious because I, in my own limited understanding, think I know what that situation is going to be like. And I know how yeah. that situation is going to go when I rather should be depending on the Lord and mm-hmm. trusting that he knows better than I do. And I may have an idea and I may make decisions based off those ideas, but I can ultimately trust the outcomes of those decisions to a God who already knows. Yeah, I mean, and I 100% with you. I have no idea what you're thinking about. But for me, um, we're looking at planning a church in the, in the next year and leaving the church we're in and having conversations with people. Trying it's because to, you hate the people at your church? Yeah, man, like grow up. Mm. Like, what the heck? That's a good reason to plant a church. Yeah, man, I know how to do it right. Mm-hmm. They're doing it wrong. Yeah, they're doing it wrong. I'm going to do it right. That's right. That's Because I know. That is the Dude, best reason to plant a church. I've never seen anyone do it right, so I'm going to show them. I'm going to pave the, the way. World. Pioneer the new work. Yeah, if you're thinking about planting a church and that's your mentality... 
go ahead and put the brakes on there, Sonny. You got a sound for that? Oh, I wish. Oh, Darn it. I'm, so, I'm not used to this. All right. All right. Anyway, so the point is that there are some big things in my life that are, are, are I can actually let them create anxiety. And um, and some of that, I've, I've already kind of messed up some things and I've blown it in areas and I get frustrated with myself. Um, and I have to keep returning to the, to the word, to the Lord, letting him speak into me, letting his truth override my emotions and my, my fears and... Um, Keep going from there. Yeah. Okay. So here comes the the big passage, the Matthew six. We're going starting in verse twenty five, and then we're going to go all the way to verse thirty four. Rick was really kind to give me this passage, mm-hmm. so you're going to hear my voice for a little bit. Mm, hopefully, in, it's, guys. hopefully it's sweet and tender to your ears. Stay, here we go. Stay awake. <laughs> yeah. Starting verse twenty five. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to his life, to his lifespan, by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even... Not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown to the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry, saying, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Mm. That bring the word is from Matthew six twenty-five to thirty-four. Yes, it is. Check it out. Meditate on that. Uh, let that really soak into your heart. Ask the Holy Spirit to work in that as you memorize it and hide God's word in your heart. And those feelings and those anxiety and depression come or you're in the the thick of it man turn to the to the word it's life yeah in this life giving so as we talk about the all these passages that we're reading i'm going to read another passage mm, Stop my mind it. going a little rogue it's not on the notes mm, i know romans 8 the end of, Ooh, you go baby beginning of verse 38 and through 39 for i'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And what this passage is talking about is that no matter how bad you're feeling, no matter how maybe dark you're feeling, or disconnected, or dejected, rejected, you are in Christ, and He will protect you, and nothing will separate from you, separate you from Him. So, Whatever lies the enemy is telling you, whatever lies of the world, you need to cling to these passages and trust in them. And as we as we look to Scripture, we we have our little um, tool of head, heart, hands. What do we call it? Our paradigm, so to speak. That is correct. Okay. All right. Good job, Rob. <laughs> Getting real hot and heavy with Roman's hands. And hard hands. You weren't positive. I just wanted to give you a little motivation. That a little is encouragement. correct. That is what, what's that correct. from? Billy Madison. Oh, I see. Yep. Chris Farley. And at his best. Is that a, a 
appropriate it's probably movie. not at its appropriate best, movie or yeah that's not yeah for the most part i think so <laughs> been a while since you've seen a rob it's been a while <laughs> anyway so these passages we talk about um what do you do with them they're great they're truth but but what do you do with them so as you talk about our head we we need to begin to to work those into our our, our thinking and so we think through logically what's going on in our world, the lies, our emotions yeah, lie to us. They, we need to tie into the the truth of Scripture in our head intellectually. Yeah, they say like the, the furthest distance is to go that six inches from the head to the heart. Right. Well, we're still in head, Rob, so let's just... Well, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not jumping into heart, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> yeah. this is the first part of that. Heart's, like, heart's on yours. You, you can cover that. I see that right. highlighted. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to let you go I ahead and highlight. take head. I see I'm that gonna, highlight. I'm going to let you take this first part where it, it says what, how we should think about it, the head. The head, heart, hands—that paradigm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That first section, yeah. I'm gonna let you take. Well, thanks, because it's clearly defined that way. Permission granted. <laughs> okay. I see that highlight. Um, so, as we talk about our head and confidence in the Scripture, what we need to understand is that our confidence becomes because we're we're claiming, even though we don't feel it. Um, and also, you need to understand it's okay to experience anxiety or depression. Um, we look at David; he was depressed. Uh, Psalm 42, 11, 42, 11 says. Why, my soul, are you so dejected? Why are you in such turmoil? Put your hope in God, for I will still praise Him, my Savior and my God. And in Psalm 30, Well, before you even go to that next oh, one, okay. I really like how David first acknowledges that his soul is dejected. Mm-hmm. It's depressed. Yeah. It's down. And he says it, it's in so much turmoil. But then he responds, like, in his head, he knows what he needs to do. He says, put your hope in God. I will still praise him, my Savior, my God. Like, he acknowledges how he feels. Like, sometimes I feel like in the church, we can be so guarded against actually speaking how we feel about a certain situation. Mm -hmm. Because just talking about how we feel doesn't necessarily mean that's what we believe. Right. And so if if we feel dejected, if we feel depressed, that doesn't mean that we're embracing those things. But we should know what comes next, as David explains there, put your hope in God. Yeah. Okay, you were saying Psalm 38. Uh, yeah. No, that's, that's really good stuff. Uh, he, he, there's a self-awareness there, and he um, is probably taking time routinely to examine himself, as he says in Psalm, th- Psalm 139, to evaluate where, evaluate where he's at, his relationship. He's not just burying these emotions. He's interacting and dealing with them. And Psalm 38, 4 says, For my iniquities have flooded over my head, they're a burden too heavy for me to bear. And just they're acknowledging the current situation the hit of his feelings and what's going on and his struggle, um, his sin at this point. He's speaking about his sin. But what's he doing that emotion? He turns to the Lord. He says, it's too heavy for me. I can't deal with it. He's acknowledging his um, inability to, to just pull himself up by the bootstraps and deal with the situation to make himself better or just do better. So it's okay to feel these things. It's okay to have these in your life, but it's not okay to just embrace it. It's not okay to say, hey, you know what? It just is what it is, and I'm going to I'm just learning to deal with it. Now, it doesn't mean that you're going to be healed from it necessarily or you're never going to have that struggle. You might struggle with this for the rest of your life, but it doesn't mean you embrace it Yeah, so God's best for you. We, we were talking about this a little bit before the show, Rick. Mm-hmm. Like, is it sinful to experience depression or anxiety? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. I think um, 
it's not the way we are created. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a result of broken, sinful world. But it's not a sin to um, feel those things or be in those places. No. Yeah. But to embrace the things that maybe our our mind or our our souls telling us in those moments, like right. we feel like even David talked about how he felt like God abandoned him. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, yep. but it's not okay to just flat out embrace and say, you know what? God has abandoned me. Correct. And it's not, it, it, understanding in those situations, in that state of depression, anxiety, you are more apt to sin. Mm-hmm. You, your, your conviction, your emotion, things kind of distorted. You're more apt to sin. And that doesn't justify that sin. Yeah, certainly. But you just need to understand where you're at and what's going on. So, Rob, that's the head onto the heart, my brother. Six inches. Yeah. uh, I I don't know why they say six inches from there. It's more than six inches, but you get the gist. Okay, so um, how should this make us feel? This idea of depression and anxiety. Um, Well, scripture tells us that the Lord is, is near the brokenhearted. Psalm thirty four eighteen. The Lord it literally says, "The Lord is near the brokenhearted. He saves those crushed in spirit." Mm-hmm. And so God has a has a tenderness in His heart towards those who are downcast, mm-hmm. towards those who are depressed, towards those who are anxious. He says in Matthew twenty eight, "Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest." It's Matthew eleven, right? Not not mm-hmm. twenty eight. Um, but He says, "If you're feeling overwhelmed, come to me." I am your rest. I am your rock of salvation. You're concerned about what you're going to wear. You're concerned about what you're going to eat. You're concerned about what you're going to drink. Like those are all normal concerns. But look at the fl- look at the flowers. Mm-hmm. They're dressed more beautifully than Solomon, the richest man ever to live. Look at the birds in the air. They are fed, and they're not made in the image of God. You are made in the image of God. That doesn't necessarily mean that if you end up starving, so for mm-hmm. Christians who have starved, doesn't mean that they weren't Christians. It's not to say that God is always 100% going to provide for your physical needs because it just may be your time and God may allow you to go through suffering and then call you to glory. But right. the point of it is, is that God will not allow anything to happen to you that he has not already ordained for your good mm-hmm. and for his glory. Yeah. And so trust that this God who loves you, who is for your good, Romans 8, 28, that he is orchestrating all these things for those purposes. And so we should be really encouraged, really, really encouraged that the God of the universe is near the, the depressed. He's near the brokenhearted, the downcast, as Psalm 34, 18 says. It's interesting that we can, um, we can quote those verses you know, a lot about God's goodness, His provision. He He took care. He takes care of the birds of the air. He's definitely gonna take care of you. And um, I mean, point blank, that's what it's saying. But at the same time, when we look in the world and we see Christians who are who are dying, who are suffering um, uh, from terrible things, it doesn't quite add up. I think the reality is God has provided, first of all, primarily for your salvation. Yeah. And for the relationship with Him. In the even if you live to be a hundred and ten, that is nothing in the light of eternity. Mm-hmm. It's nothing. So the suffering is just a glimpse. And even Romans eight talks about that we can suffer with Christ, as Christ suffered, so that we can be resurrected with Christ. Yeah, doesn't mean we have to, we have to suffer like we have to be hung on a tree, or, you know, on a tree crucified. But there is a, an element of suffering that we will go through for sure. Yeah. So thinking about that, translating that into our hands, what's that? 
How does that change our conduct? How does that change what we do? Well, first of all, and this goes for both people who are struggling with this, struggling with depression or anxiety, or maybe you're on the outside and you have a, a friend or a family member or someone who's kind of close to you and they're suffering with these things. I just want to speak to that as well. So be slow to speak and, and quick to listen. James one nineteen speaks to this. We need to say, hey, you know what? This is the old, uh, I old people used to say this, where you have, you have two ears and one mouth, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. You need to listen twice as much as you speak. You need to be kind of slow at what's going on and, and, and listen to what they're saying. Then listen to what the Lord would have for you to speak to them. Yeah. And, and do that in, in a tender way, in a loving way, after you've heard them. Um, yeah. Well, I'm, th- I'm thinking about that first one, be slow to speak and quick to listen. Like for someone like us who like by no hard work of our own, we just, we just haven't experienced depression or anxiety in the same way that others have. And mm-hmm. so we should be slow to speak and quick to listen to those who are experiencing those things. But then those who are experiencing those things, you can still be slow to speak and quick to listen. It's just your quick to listen should be quick to listen to what God says. Dig into the word and then make sure you are speaking to him. It doesn't mean don't talk about your depression or don't talk about your anxiety to God, but be quick to listen to what his word says, to what he says about these things. And so that be slow to speak and quick to listen applies for both the person who is going through the depression and the anxiety and for the person who is on the outside of it. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, in the midst of that, you have to be patient. You have to be patient with yourself, to be patient with the other people. You have to give space and time because as um, this is a deep, deep issue, a deep, deep problem um, of brokenness. And we all have them. I have my deep problems. Rob's got a lot a of, lot deep, of problems. deep problems. Anyway, you have to be patient with those people. Not saying, hey, hey, I got this cool thing. Read this book. Go to this class. And in two weeks, we'll have this thing licked. No problem. No, it's not like that. Yeah. Be patient. Because what's going to happen, you're going to see God do really cool things. doesn't mean he's going to necessarily erase it or pull it, that depression away or, or bring uh, take away the anxiety. But you're going to see him show up and, and minister in the midst of that. And also just deep-rooted prayer. I think we are so quick to begin to speak and quick to, to suggest or take action. But until you are really um, praying and, and interceding for this person, I would almost say regularly and consistently, which I guess that's the same thing, right? Yeah. Doing that frequently with, with intention. Until you're doing that, I don't know if you have a whole lot of um, freedom to really begin to give them advice because this is can be a lot of a, a spiritual thing. Um, well, you can still certainly point them to the Word, but just be, be right, slow but, to it, do that. Well, but you better be praying too. Absolutely. But yeah. I mean, like if somebody were to come up to you and just be like, dude, I need some advice. I'm feeling real depressed, real anxious. It doesn't disqualify you if you haven't prayed for them yet. Yeah, it does. I just said it. <laughs> no, yeah, you, 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 well, I would actually, at that moment, even if it's to yourself, pray them. Okay, Lord, what would you have me to say to them first? This yeah, person, that's help good. me to minister that's to good. them. Um, but yeah, begin to point them to the word and, and pray with them, pray over them, let them know you're praying for them, and actually pray for them. Yeah. Um, I think it's important also to know, as we do talk about anxiety and depression, there are some that is very spiritual. It is demonic. It's oppression. Um, it could, there's a lot of different reasons for that, and some of it is just chemical imbalance. Mm-hmm. Not just, but some of that is just. I said it again. Some of that is an imbalance in the brain chemically, yeah. Yeah. and 
It's a result of the fall. It is a result of the fall because we live in a broken world. Same with cancer and those things. Um, But think about the story of of Job. I mean, this guy was depressed. This guy lost everything. Stripped him, his family, his wealth, his status, his health. Everyone's saying, curse the Lord and die. And then in Job 13, um, I think 15, he talks about, um, though he slays me, speaking about God, though he slay me, I will hope in him. Hmm. What a strong statement. You know what I mean? Like, like no matter what he does, he's God. I trust him. Yeah. This goes back to your point about you know God's provision. Though he slay me, though though he in my life, I still trust him. I still trust him. And I wanted to reference as well. Um, if I can get the scripture over here, Second Corinthians twelve, um, famous passage, but should be hidden in your heart. Um, this is where sounds like it's really hidden in your heart. Yeah, it is. When when Paul is writing, he says, Concerning these things, I pleaded with the Lord three times it would leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. This is red letters, Jesus. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfect in weakness. Yeah, strong statement. And just rest in that. And it's in red letters, so it's clearly it's more important. Exactly. <laughs> But it's good to know all Scripture is God breathed. It's all the authority of God. Yeah. But when when Paul or Peter was Paul was pleading for the Lord to do this, and the Lord said, "Hey, it's okay. I got this. It'll be all right." Yeah. I mean, my my power, not your power. My power is made perfect in weakness. Yeah. And then, so we we talk about slow to speak, be patient, be rooted in prayer. And then you, you rest. You rest in the fact that no matter what God does, He's God, He's good, He loves you, He's over this. Yeah. And you rest that His power is made sufficient. It's made perfect. Absolutely. So, Rob, right. that's where we're at. Why don't you... Uh, I'll close this out. Because, yeah, why don't you close this out, Because you, you pretty much opened us up. You introduced oh, yourself and me. and Stop it. You did such a good job with that that I'll just... I'll you, close this out here. Don't you have like a jingle or something? Oh, I should probably... Get like... I need to get the... What else you got going on over there? Oh, my goodness. This is such a... Whoa. Whoa, wow. Well. Okay. You got anything else? <laughs> this is this? such an amateur hour. <laughs> Rob's more concerned uh, with his jingle thing. I'm telling you, I'm so excited that we can play these in into the podcast now. But We're never using these again. My volume is just all over the place. <laughs> okay, here we go. So if you did like today's episode, do us a big favor and share the episode with somebody. Mm. Tell somebody about the show. And you could do us another favor and hop onto iTunes, leave us a five-star rating, or if you want to be so bold, leave us a review. Yeah. Um, you can say whatever you want in that review. Be as mean to us as you like. Just leave us a five-star rating. We yeah. Don't, we don't care if you're mean in the review. Just just give us a five-star rating. Um, that's, so, that's fair. That's fair. Boy, we're uh, running behind here. But contact us on Facebook, Simple Theology, Twitter, Simple Theology underscore, website, simpletheology.org. Peace. Wow. Out. That was quick. Thank you. Bye.